I died. Lights out. It was just like somebody threw a switch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Story for Another Time podcast. But, you know, this isn't a, this is the thing about this. This is not a story of sorrow, a story of sadness, or a story of anything except the most amazing blessing, the most amazing day of my life outside of my marriage to my bride. This is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. Find us on Facebook, Story for Another Time Podcast, and Story yes. for Another Time Podcast at Gmail. If you got comments, we'd love to hear from you. Welcome to Story yeah, of for Another I Time Podcast. Why did you do this to me? Welcome to Story for, for Another Time Podcast. Sake. He is so hard to work with. I'm Joe Greenwood. That's my buddy John Jacob. Oh. Say hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. And we have some very special guests today. I am so excited. I I, I, I can't hardly contain myself. If, if I was any more excited, you'd have to sedate me. Um, I have one of my best friends growing up. And her name, well, yeah, I almost called you Sarah Schroeder. You can. Can I call you Sarah yeah, Schroeder? It's fine. I knew her as Sarah Schroeder, but she married a wonderful man who is now closer to me than a brother. I love this guy with all my heart. He is Craig Bell. So we've got Craig and Sarah in here today, and they are just some of my all time favorite people. Love them dearly. That's the greatest introduction I've ever heard of. <laughs> it is. Thanks, John. It is. 20 I love them. Money well spent. So you guys came all the way from Seattle, Washington. Yes. Just did. to be on Story for Another Time. How could yeah. we not? Yeah. I'm saying. But the reason that we're here today is that your moment of grace that you discussed a minute ago wasn't your only touch with Christ. Mm-hmm. I died. Lights out. And that's why you're here. So, uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourself? Sarah, you want a little bit about Talk yourself? Talk up to it, honey. I don't know. I work in a jewelry store. My parents were in the jewelry industry, and I have been in that industry since I was 13 years old yes. here in Morton, Illinois. Morton, Illinois. We've been married for 32 years. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. And life is good. That's awesome. Wonderful. It's wonderful for me. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm no, sure. it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. You have two people like you together, time moves fast. It's it fun. does. It does. So yeah, Sarah and I have a lot of great memories so, together. Yes. So, so John and I met in seventh grade. Seventh grade, When yes. I moved to Morton. Yep. And we went to Bethel Lutheran yep. Church together and went to junior high and high school together. Mm-hmm. What was your first impression? The first, If you remember the first time thinking of John, what was your first impression hmm. of him? Was it that he's got a long, luxurious head of hair? <laughs> wow, really? He, he did. He did. I did? You did. Wow. You're you were handsome. bald in seventh grade, were you? You're a handsome dude, man. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of getting red. Yeah. I'm a little embarrassed. Yeah. I never considered No, that. I've always loved John. Yes. John's wonderful disposition and very kind heart. Pretty blue eyes. Aw. How can that ever be wow. bad? It's John Jacob. And immaculate taste in clothing. And <laughs> need for occasional work on well, will, manners. Uh, that's another story. Uh, uh, yeah, that's another story. Okay, it's awesome. But yeah. So then, Sarah, at some point in time, you married Craig. Craig, you come into the picture where? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, just like Sarah's family, my family was in the jewelry industry. And so um, when I got out of college, it was easy for me to step right into the jewelry business. And in order to do that and do it well, you went to a school called the Gemological Institute of America, which at the time was in Santa Monica, California. So I moved back to 
California from out of Seattle, went down there and uh, lived in the area for a while, worked in the area for a while, had some fun. Um, and then January 11th of 1984 was our first day of class. And I sat, we had to, we had to stand up and introduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, in our classes, we had about, I don't know, what do you say, honey, 20 people in our class, yeah, something like 20, that? 24. You know, we're sitting all at those tables you use in high school you know biology classes you know those tables where they're black heavy we have them here yeah and you've got the (laughs) the microscope set up on them and all these things and i sat next to this guy named kirk from detroit and got up introduced myself and this this really really good looking girl sitting not directly in front of me but at a table in front of me to the right turned and looked up at me and i was gone i was i was gone and hoping you're gonna say that was sarah well, as it, as it, as it turns out, hair. yeah, used it's, to have hair. I used to have yeah. dark hair. I was so. used to a bad time. So you don't remember, Ron? I can, I'll describe what you were wearing. I know exactly wow. what she just. Yeah, yeah, and from that point forward, I was kind of toast. So that's a few years later on January 11th. We got married. It was an yeah. anniversary oh, of the really? day that we met. Yeah, oh, that's sweet. So that's it was pretty awesome. cool. We did. Yeah, 32 years. Yeah. It, I've loved her the whole time, and she's put up with me the whole time. So it's worked out. It's a, it's a partnership based in love and need. It's all good. That's awesome. I like it. I will say that Sarah is probably responsible for my uh, wooing Kim. Oh, I don't know I didn't this. Know that I didn't know that. I don't know this. Yeah, because here's how we all got together. So when Sarah was out in California at college, uh, at the Institute, uh, another very good friend of ours, Roberta Writings, and I went out to visit Sarah. Yes. And uh, and we're going to dinner with Roberta and her husband tonight. So when we were out there, they both were like... (laughs) You have no style. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and dude, I thought you were great. Oh man, no, I, well, you looked. I you look fine. That's why I loved you from the start. Because we were buddies five seconds after we me met. For who I was, darn straight. Oh, darn straight. So oh, we totally they, did. They Poor John. took me shopping. <laughs> I remember that. We did. You remember that? Yeah. Yes. And they made me buy clothes, and one of them was this bright blue Hawaiian shirt with goldfish and green vines on them. <laughs> All right? Okay. Back in All the right. 80s, that was pretty cool, I guess. Hey, I, that was high Yeah. Fashion, so when I first met Kim, our first day on campus together at Concordia, I was wearing that shirt. And that's how she remembered me. Oh! She's like, oh, the guy with the sh- goldfish shirt. So if you hadn't given me that hook... She might never, she might have just looked hey. over me. And, so nah. it was that shirt that she remembered, nothing else. So, hey. So, Bird and I were the ones that got it all figured you out for you. It gave me a boost. I was going to. And so, and then Craig was hanging around that week, and he and I just hit it off like I've never hit it off with anybody before. Yeah. He is just a super guy. Loved him from the moment we met. And bonded over that trip, and we stayed together in touch Sarah all these will, years. Sarah will tell you, I've never told you this, John, but Sarah will tell you that I have one, the only regret that I have about living on the West Coast is that I wasn't closer to my friend John. Aw. He's we, always said that. That's yeah. Sweet. Our whole, our whole wow. married life. Wow. Yeah, you just, you meet people just, in your life that you know that 
we are friends and it's just that yep, it was that it way was. from immediate it's kismet 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 is that the word of the day great you got a great story oh my god we're gonna get yes. to that in just a minute it gives me chills <laughs> it just it just Did passed I just ruin anything no. I just, was we that, just passed the anniversary is that what we called a spoiler alert no oh <laughs> so you've got a great story we're gonna get that in a minute but first i want to know how did you guys end up on the west coast Sarah and I. It's Craig's yeah. fault. Well, yeah, it is. It's my, it's my fault. I, you know, when I got back from GIA, went back up to the Seattle area, which is where I lived. Sarah came back to Illinois, and I went back up. And I went to work for a company that's not—I don't think—known in the in the Midwest at all, called Benbridge Jeweler. Okay. Uh, it's now owned by Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett. Oh. And they bought it a few years back. Wow. But I, I ended up managing a couple of stores for them after I'd been with them for a while. And uh, you know, life will throw you curves. It just throws you curves. And I got fried on retail. Turns out that I'm really wired well for the jewelry industry. I am not wired well for jewelry customers in a retail environment. <laughs> really? Well, you know what? You are so good with people. But, you know, Sarah and I met when, really when like I was in school. And, yeah, and he doesn't. I was a bouncer for too long. You know, I would only put up with so much stuff gotcha. before I kind of just, you yeah, know, conversation's you. over. I hear and, you. Uh, which is why I appreciate you're there. They are convincing. <laughs> but the, the uh, I got, I really just got tired of retail. And so I went to work, um, I stayed in sales, but I went to work in the, in the media industry. And um, a couple of years after that, I was just, you know, Sarah, we got to see each other. We'd stayed in touch. We've been on the phone to each other. I don't know, five days a week. You know, stay were such we became such good friends in addition to the fact that this was a woman that I, I still had all this feeling for. So finally, um, right around Gulf One, <laughs> I came really? back. Yeah. yeah. I came yeah. back and it's funny because I flew back to Chicago to O'Hare. It was literally right after the the, the invasion of, of Kuwait. And I got off the plane and I expected Sarah to meet me at the gate and she wasn't there. Well, I forgot that they had changed the security precautions literally like a week before. Right, right. And so I'm thinking, oh crap, Sarah's bailed on me. You know, she's not coming. I've flown all this way and she's gone, nah. You know, I thought about it. The guy's a tool, something, you know. <laughs> forget him. You know, forget about this guy. So I, then it dawned on me after like five minutes of standing there weeping to myself like an eight year old. <laughs> That she's probably in for, oh gosh it's the security thing so i leave i go down and as i'm walking up to baggage claim number 12 at o'hare wow. i hear on the thing well passenger craig but united airlines passenger craig bell please meet his party at baggage claim number 12 and i could see her wow. as i'm walking towards her she turned and she saw me and i walked up to her and she looked like everything i remembered and more <laughs> And so I, we hugged each Aww. other, and I kissed her, and I pulled the corniest, the second corniest line of our relationship on her was, I know, the I won't say the first one, it's okay. The second corniest line was, did you hear that, that sound? And she said, did you hear that click? And she said, what click? And I said, when everything fell into place. Wow. And she said, uh -huh. yes. And we've been, since then. Since then. If it works, it's not that corny. Magical. Well, you know, they used to say in the army, if it's stupid and it works, it ain't stupid. So That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's all good. So, so be honest. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this question. So you see her before she sees you. Mm -hmm. You primp. You're making sure your breast smells. Oh, checking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was sniffing my armpit. Oh yeah, you bet, better. The whole thing. And, and Wait, did you hide or are you walking those? Like, you're not walking. I'm walking She's on. She's gonna turn and you're facing your armpit. She already knew me by then. Come on, I wasn't gonna surprise her with anything I she did. She goes, oh, look at the guy with his nose in an armpit. No, I'm pretty sure I. <laughs> did you ever see those cartoons where they used to throw That's that why I dog? Him. I think it was like Quick Drama McGraw. They used to throw those dogs the thing that snuffle snacks, and the dog would float in the float. air and it'd float back to the ground. 
Yeah, that was a goal. You might be too young, he is too but young. Yeah. that was kind of the way I felt, man. I was just kind of floating towards her. I, yeah. I tell you, man, I had no, I could, you could, I could not tell you what anybody else in that moment in that, and there's hundreds of people there. I had no idea what any of them looked like, who they were, where they were, nothing. I just saw this gorgeous woman standing there, and I just, oh, that's Thanks, it. Honey. I keep saying oh because it's a truth. It's totally true. She oh. has. I yeah, you know, John's lovely, classy people you no. ever want to meet. Thanks, John. I guess. What were wow. you doing in that moment then? This is like a great love story thing. It is. Oh. In that moment, what were you doing? Especially when his plane landed, he's taking forever because he's over there sobbing that you're. Yeah. You know, we, you know. No, I was just trying to. I was trying to figure out how to get him to know where I was at O'Hare. How do you know at O'Hare oh, where you funny. are personally? Right, right. So, yeah, I just, I thought that was about the only way or else, how am I going to find him? Yeah. So that's what I was concerned about. Not that he wasn't going to show up, but how's, how are we going to find each other? Gotcha. So. It was so funny. Sarah's, yeah. you know, she's this amazing human being. She's so practical. That's that, you know, she's, a, she's such, a, such an amalgam of her mom and dad. Oh, yeah. And, and. So there's this eminently practical person who loves deeply and, and feels strongly about everything. But there's a side of practicality to her that I do not possess, <laughs> which has been wonderful in our marriage because she's, she's, she's kept me from being too much of an idiot. And I've told her to come along with me on adventure. Mm -hmm. So we've had this wonderful relationship. It yeah, it works. But I, I told when we were, when I was getting ready to come back, there was literally like the day before, two days before I flew back. And I said, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you. I can't with her. She goes, now, Craig, just calm down because you, you, we don't know what's going to happen. I called her and I said, crap, you know exactly what's going to happen when I get back there. We love each other. We're going to see each other. It's going to be all over. And there you are. And it was. Yay. Write that in there. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a great story. I am blessed beyond measure. I say that to anybody. I don't know what I did to deserve this, but that's part of my story, too, is, you know, when we got married, um, we were driving back up from Portland together on, on I-5. And this is probably... I don't know, maybe two months after we'd gotten married. And <clears throat> I'd been a Christian for a long time. I had not lived that life, but I had been a Christian for a long time since high school. And we'd always had a relationship, he and I. And it was fleeting at best because I was never really paying that much attention to what he was trying to tell me. And But as I was coming back up the freeway, I'm driving, and Sarah's talking about something, and I'm listening to the voice of this woman that I love beyond all measure. And all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks I have done nothing in my life nothing in my life to be worthy of this gift of who she is she is my wife I don't deserve this and I dawned on me at the time when I said that to myself was that this is grace and if he loved me that much to give me her as my bride how much more did he love me to give me his son and my life turned to it right back, Father, forgive me. But I'm I'm back walking with you. That's a powerful testimony. That is. Just the truth. My wife, this solid, quiet faith of hers has always been there. Her faith is awesome. Of course I believe in Jesus. What are you, an idiot? You know, it's just it's just who she is. It's just part of her DNA. Mm -hmm. So practicality, right? Exactly. Well, it's exactly right. It's just who she is. And but the reason John was so excited that you were coming in, one, because he gets to have dinner with his friends. Yes. Two, Love them. We might have a laugh or two. this. <laughs> but the reason that we're here today is that your moment of grace that you discussed a minute ago wasn't your only 
touch with Christ, <laughs> and that's why you're here. Do you want to walk us through? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so. you know, this isn't a, this is the thing about this. This is not a story of sorrow, a story of sadness, or a story of anything except the most amazing blessing, the most amazing day of my life outside of my marriage to my bride. This is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. My family history is kind of funny here. Briefly, is that my and my dad's side of the family. You either died by the time you were 52 of a heart attack, or you lived to be 90 plus years old. There was no middle ground. Um, and my dad was one of like 10 siblings, and it held true for all 10. They either lived into well into their 90s, almost 100 years old, or they passed before they were 52 years old. And so all of my cousins and our family, whenever somebody hits 52, there's actually a celebration. We all know it. We all are the cousins. Everybody knows. If you made 52, you're good to go. Wow. So, you know, when my 52nd birthday happened, everybody's excited and, and yeehaw and all this good stuff. So, um, it's always been something in my mind that when I pass, when I go, when I die, it's probably going to be a heart attack that takes me out. But that'll be the thing that's taken out most of my family on my dad. You know, there's no cancer in my family on either side. It's always been either just flat oil age and you just wear out or you die of a heart attack. So in, in 2020 on Labor Day weekend, um, it was the 5th, 6th, and 7th of September. So the 7th of September is the day we're talking about. So Sarah and I decided that we needed to put up a shed in our backyard in our house, at our house for to house a generator for power outages, things like that. So we just bought this shed. We're working doing the backyard stuff. And uh, we got most of it done on Sunday. And then uh, Monday we're going to finish, and it's kind of our tradition on weekends when we have the days off together. We sit and we have some coffee together, um, just relax, enjoy the time, talk, that kind of thing. Then get kind of going on our day, and we're doing that. And I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm sitting there, and I'm sore from doing something. You're picking stuff up with your arms extended and things like this. And I'm not a kid anymore. You know, you kind of, you can do a lot, the stuff you used to do. It's just recovery time isn't quite as quick as it used to be. <laughs> and so, so I'm kind of sitting there and I'm, I'm kind of sore across my chest and my shoulders. And, and uh, but it's a different kind of discomfort than just muscular. And so I'm kind of, I do what every guy does nowadays. I look it up on Google. You know, I got my phone out and I started yeah. punching stuff in and Sarah says, you know, honey, are you okay? And I said, I'm trying to figure out if I'm okay. Trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. It's okay. And I said, so I'm doing some stuff. And I said, yeah, I think I'm fine. I'm just a little sore from lifting weights, you know, doing stuff yesterday. And another 10 minutes go by and I started to feel a little bit worse. And I, Sarah said, are you sure you're okay? And I said, you know what, honey, I think it might be a good idea for you to take me to the ER. I was starting to feel a bit of pressure. You know, like somebody standing in front of you with their hand on your chest, dead center of your chest, and just pushing in just a little bit. And I'd read enough to know that this, okay, don't be stupid, you know. So I was trying to treat my body like a car. If there's something wrong with it, go get it fixed. Don't worry about it. There's nothing masculine about shrugging off medical stuff. Just go get it fixed. No big deal. So we drive, we get out in the car. We drive about halfway down our hill. We live on a hill just outside of the city of Seattle, as we are saying, and about halfway down the hill, I turned around to Sarah and I said, Honey, because it started to hurt. I said, You might want to call 911. Turn around, and go back, and call 911. So she did. We pull back into our driveway. I get out, sit on the, the steps of the, the driveway there, and two minutes later, if that, the fire truck shows up, get out. They're looking at me, going, Okay. Two seconds later, after that, EMTs show up. 
they're hooking me up putting me up on the they're doing the blood pressure thing and all this good stuff and they load me into the into the unit and head out toward the hospital so we're cruising along interstate 90 at you know speed with the lights which is kind of cool lights and sirens i mean i'm not feeling real bad right now but this is kind of neat you know i'm talking to these guys and while he's while one of the emts is driving the other guy's shaving parts of my chest to put those mm-hmm. sensors on it and i'm giving him grief because you know he's just shaving chunks I'm like dude you're making me look like i have leprosy would you mind shaving the whole chest and he so they're laughing and he's spritzing that that nitroglycerin spray under my tongue and it finally kind of loosens my chest up so we pull into a swedish hospital in the city of issaquah which is i don't know it's about a five minute at speed about a five ten minute drive from my house and uh they wheel me out on the gurney and the gurney was really cool it's this big contraption thing they don't have to lift you or anything it does it all right. for you it's really awesome mm-hmm. and I'm, we're talking about the gurney and we go through one set of doors we're in this anti-room foy- foyer thank you I say foyer. Sarah says foyer. So foyer. Yeah, I know. Yes. But I say foyer because, you know, I love my wife. And, <laughs> yeah. It's foyer. It's okay. Sophisticated here in this office. Yeah, that's right. So they say, okay, they'll come out and get you. And I look up and I see this guy waving at us like to come on in. And the, the, fire, the EMT says, oh, they want us to go in. I died. Lights out. It was just like somebody threw a switch. It wasn't, there was no drama. There was no... Uh, you know, there's no kind of, I feel crazy woozy like you see in the movies or, you know, tell my wife I love her. It was gone. The light, the, just like somebody threw a light switch. So you remember the moment right before this, the guy saying, yeah, come on in. I'm, I'm watching this guy. He's a, he was an ER nurse named Kurt. Great guy. <laughs> you know, and when I wake up, when, when a, well, a little bit later, but yeah, he's waiting. Like, he's not waiting. They, when... In the in the ambulances were coming over in the, in the squad, they were talking to the guy who was kneeling next to me, the MT next to me was talking to an ICU cardiologist, and he's reading the echocardiogram as he's talking. He says, "There's something here," mm-hmm. to her, and I'm like, "Great." So, um, so they were waiting for us with a full heart team sure. to wait for us, and so instead of coming to get us, they wanted the EMTs to just get them into the ER right there, just bring them on in. That's what he was doing. He was waving us in, not to come get, come on in. Yeah, and so the EMT says, well, they want us to bring you in, and that's the last, next thing I know, I'm not there. So. Now, Sarah, were you in the ambulance, or were you No, I was driving behind. What was going through your mind in this moment? Now, he's obviously, do we know he's in the middle of a massive heart attack at this point? I think it's a very real possibility that he's in the middle of a heart attack, but I don't think massive. I just think, okay, heart attack, and we'll, we'll get it figured out. We'll get it figured out. We've been down interesting paths with Craig before on pancreatitis and... Old jock body. Uh, yep. Hip replacement. <laughs> yeah, you keep you know, you we, run into big people. Stuff. So, yeah. no, I am pragmatic. I'm a, I'm a okay, I'm going to get to the hospital, I'll have my vehicle... We'll get there, and we'll they'll they'll take care of him. They'll figure it out. So no, I mean I'm 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 not freaking out, but I'm very concerned. But so Craig remembers being told to come on in, and then you die. I die. What happened when you got to the hospital? Uh, our family has had a lot of medical stuff in it. So being in an ER, being in a hospital room, surgeries, it's very much a part of, unfortunately, my DNA. So I am very practical in these situations. Like, I know what's gonna happen. I I know the processes. 
So. So being uh, the code blue in the ER and all this stuff yes. was not unusual for you. Craig, was it unusual dying? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the well, you know. Well, yeah, but you know, he, this, if you define unusual as something you don't normally do for a fun, yeah, I gotta say, I just, you know, I wouldn't recommend it as something to do on the weekends just for grins. I mean, I, you know, but yeah, it was. You know, you always you always hear stories about stuff. You know, about these guys that have these out-of-body experiences, you know, and they float above their body and they see people talking about them and there's this bright light and all this good stuff. And, you know, and, and I don't know. I have no idea if that's real or not for them. I, I did That was not my experience. But, you know, I, I will say that one of the most one of the most amazing things is when you, you well, when I died, I was not in Issaquah at Swedish Hospital anymore. I was standing on grass in a warm, what I consider to be like a park-like environment. Um, I could feel the sun on my face. I could feel breeze in my goatee. Uh, I could feel the breeze on my face. It just, I felt good. I felt good. I heard laughter and I, I turned to my right. It was, I was looking literally as I was standing in this, in this field. Um, it was mown grass. It was sh like you'd see in a park and there was, uh, there were trees, but it was interesting because they were deciduous trees. They weren't conifers. And where I'm from up in Washington state, 90% of the trees up there are evergreens of some kind. So as far as you are concerned, and this transition is really what piques my curiosity is you remember a guy saying, come on in and then do you remember black or anything? Or no. Just in a park. No, no. Just I'm standing in the park. In the park. Right away. Wow. There is no. no transition whatsoever. I'm just. Think Star Trek. Think transporter. You know, you're gone and then you're <laughs> over here. It, there's, it's immediate. So, I mean, you're looking around and you obviously notice. I mean, the breeze and you're. Were you thinking like, hey, wait a second? Wasn't I just in the hospital? Yeah, that's a great question. No, I wasn't. Um, I was standing there and I, I, you know, Sarah and I just had a moment about, I guess, about a month ago. Where I'd never really talked, I'd never really said, "Did I ever tell you how I felt and what I how when I when I went there?" Mm -hmm. And she said, "Well, no, you never really did." Mm -hmm. And I stood up in my living room and I said, "Honey, I was standing like this," and I said, "The warmth of the sun, everything. It, it was not hot. It was perfect." And I literally tilted my head back and closed my eyes, just like you do on a nice summer day, when you feel that warmth, how good it makes your body feel. And I realized, I I could hear the wind in the trees that's why it was so interesting to me those deciduous because you can hear the leaves move you know in a conifer thing you don't hear that and so it was i could hear it and i could see the leaves moving and i could feel this warmth i felt so good and when i define good look i'm now 66 years old so this happened when i was 63 i've had both my knees replaced or one knee rather and both my hips I've had, you know, I played ball when I was a kid. I was in the army. I've abused my body through the course of my life. There's not a day that goes by where you don't ache, yeah. right? I mean, it's not hurting all that. I mean, you just you get used to it. The aches and pains of growing mm -hmm. older. None of that. My, I felt like I was 18 years old again. I felt like I could run again. And I stood there for a few seconds. I heard laughter. And I looked to my right, and I see what well, it looks to me like a family on a blanket having fun. Last children, parents bunch of people one guy's throwing a ball and his dog's running and catching it and this laughter it just made me happy i felt wonderful and i knew where i was 
I knew that I was looking at a place that was was where I should be. I felt, and it's funny. I was just story about this. So I, if people keep asking me, "What did you feel like? What was the, what was the thing that you felt when you were there?" And I could not come up with the word. No, I I do words good. <laughs> I, I I can speak clearly, cleanly with with great erudition. I I can speak well, and I love to public speak. I love to do all these things and. I could not come up with the words. There's just no, it all sounded like a bad script from a Lifetime movie, you know? <laughs> well, I wish it was so wonderful and I heard heart music and like, none of that stuff. This was just a beautiful place. And then I felt myself leaving, which was weird because on the transition thing to get there, immediate. But I felt myself being pulled away and I knew I was going back. That's the only phrase I can that makes sense. And I was reluctant to leave. What did you see? Like, did everything shrink down? What, what were no, you no. Seeing? The next thing I know, I'm, I kind of, it's almost like I stood there and closed my eyes again. The next thing I opened my eyes and I got this big dude named Kurt leaning over my face <laughs> going, Craig, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And he turned, he was the ER nurse, the head ER nurse, and he turned to the doctor and he said, he's fine, he's lucid, he, he doesn't need to be intubated because the doctor wanted to intubate me and, and Kurt refused to let him do it he, he he wouldn't do that he said i was breathing on my own i was i was like i said as lucid as i ever get john as you know and so you know and i kind of heard i heard sarah's voice kind of in the background at some point after this but i didn't see her you know because these guys are all around me and this is all kind of jumbled this part of it's always kind of weird this kind of jumbled in my mind there's a lot of activity a lot of stuff going on and then i don't know how long it was sarah probably knows better than i um as the next thing i know i'm kind of looking at these things and I say I'm back where I was and Sarah said I think that so the first time it happened I was that wasn't when I was in the reception area that's when they got him to the hospital mm -hmm. I was 10 minutes behind okay. so the second time he died is when that was yes I was shocked twice. they shocked my body twice to bring me back the first time and then um, I went down a second time and it was the transition was again it was immediate I was standing in exactly the same place on the next story for another time podcast I asked Craig Bell where exactly he thought he was during these times his answer to that and there's more to this incredible story on the next story for another time podcast Who am I? Who am I?